Welcome to Mom Friends. We are two longtime friends, Laura, who is a pregnancy and postpartum doula and mom of two, and Remy, who is a first-time mom-to-be, and we both get together to discuss the journey from preconception through pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. Join us for weekly raw conversations and relatable struggles on how this life-changing event impacts all areas of our lives. Let's begin. Welcome to episode two. Last week, we did a little introduction to what this podcast will be about, but today we finally will open up about Remy's journey because she actually has been trying to conceive for years and we'll know exactly why she needs help getting pregnant and how she's preparing for pregnancy, mind and body. Remy? It's been a long road. I've definitely kept this a secret for so long and I'm someone that shares everything. So I'm just excited to dive right in. Yeah, I think we should just like start straight to the point and explain your trying to conceive journey. Because when I became a mom in 2017, of course, you had that interest, but had no partner um, or, you know, nothing to make it a reality. But 2019 came, you found Nate and immediately you started talking about kids with him, right? Yes. And that's that's a non-negotiable for me. I wanted to definitely have kids with the person I was with. And because he had mentioned he wasn't sure if he was even fertile, uh, the conversation of getting tested you know, came up really quickly. And I'm also someone not to like waste time. So let's go get checked and let's see, let's see if you are fertile. Maybe, maybe you are, you know, you don't know until you get checked. Um, and so he actually mentioned doing one of these tests at home before and it coming back at zero. And that was really alarming. Yeah. And, you know, let's go get this professionally checked. So we did, um, really early on the first year in our relationship. And was there a reason why he knew that he was not fertile maybe yes he does have some inkling on what may have happened but he deployed to afghanistan because he was a u.s marine and was involved in an iud explosion which unfortunately shrapnel i don't want to say attacked his left testicle but yeah it got it 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 affected it and uh, it's swole up to like size of a grapefruit and After that, he was back in LA riding his motorcycle. It was 4 a.m. in the morning. No one was there. And all of a sudden, he's going down an empty street, going downhill on his motorcycle. A car that was parked opens the door. He flips over it. Oh, God. Obviously, his testicles ruptured again. So at this point, he's like on the floor. He's unconscious you know, he he takes himself by with an Uber to the emergency room, by the way. And again, grapefruit size swelling. And from there, he's just thought, there's no way I can reproduce or have any semen. Like, there's just no way. Mm-hmm. So when he did that at home test and it was zero, you know, he 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 doesn't want to face this. Right. So it was it was a very sensitive topic to talk about it, at the very beginning of our relationship, too. But. We went to a, a clinic in Beverly Hills. Actually, we got good news. He does have sperm, but very, very low count, low motility. But that was actually good to hear because that means it is possible with some help. Right. Which is great news based on the first news that you had that was I have zero. <laughs> zero. Oh, my right. gosh. 
Right, right. So um, at that point, the doctors told you that IVF was the only way you guys could conceive, right? Exactly. And so from that point on, I felt good knowing we could have a baby one day and that mm -hmm. we would just resort to IVF when we were both ready. Right. And then it was 2019 and you guys just started having unprotected sex because you knew that yeah. there was a very small chance to get pregnant and you were like, well, if it happens, it happens, right? Exactly. And even just getting pregnant naturally, the percentage is so low already. So it was like, we never use protection ever. Right, right, right. So did you have a little bit of hope that it would happen naturally through the years? Of course, like we both did, right? Like that was something we always held on to. That would be so ideal if the miraculous could happen like that. But of course, we're here now and it hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, and then IVF was always in your mind. So in your mindset, you always knew that you would begin IVF around your 35 years of age. So when you were 34, we said, okay, Remy, if you really want to make this happen, This is the time you're 34 and a half, you're approaching 35, you want to do IVF, you have to prepare your body and mind, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like people think, oh, I'm not ready to get pregnant as in like it could happen like this, which it could, but also it's, it's a long process, like not for everyone, but of course, like when you, when, when you think about it, You may not think you're ready at that point, but actually when it happens, it's, it could be months or years later, right? you know, and yeah, it's a process. And so I think you helped push me to do that because otherwise it was like a year, a year went by after that, two years went by after that. I didn't do anything about it. IVF was in the back of my mind. Uh, we moved from LA to Austin, but I was already turning 35. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get on it, right? Like it wasn't gonna, for me at least, the journey wasn't gonna be simple. Right, right. You knew IVF was it. And so having that 35-year-old goal was great, but also you needed the push that you had with me and like, hello, Remy, you have to start looking for a fertility clinic. You have to start preparing your body and looking for the right insurance to have for when you begin this journey and all of the things, right? Yeah. Even if you're not going uh, through IVF or IUI or a medical treatment and you want to get pregnant naturally, you still have to, if you can, prepare your body, mind and logistics to conceive because then you're going to be in a better place, right? Exactly. And I feel like having you guide me on that was so helpful. Otherwise, I'm just like, la, la, la. Yeah. So one of the first things you did was change your insurance. Exactly. Like my, I knew my health insurance would renew the following year. So I basically looked for OBGYNs I would go to that were close to me, but I couldn't find any close to me. So it ended up finding something in Austin, but finding someone I liked and then getting the right insurance coverage for all the medical procedures I would need to have while pregnant, planning for that, and making sure that the network I chose would cover that. So I did upgrade my plan before the first of the year to for that, you know, it's the things that you don't really think about. Mm -hmm. And then you also looked for fertility clinics because now you were in Austin, you moved, right? Yeah. I mean, with finding a fertility clinic, it's hard because, you know, you, you ideally want someone word of mouth to be able to recommend, you know, a clinic to you. But because I didn't have that, I just went with 
one that I've heard through the grapevine and through social media, just different people going there. They have them all over the state. And I thought, okay, there's one conveniently located to me. So um, yeah, I chose that. And you're actually already scheduled for your first medical treatment next week, which we'll talk about now. Um, but some other things that we started doing when we prepared you for real at 34 and a half was uh, body preparation, because you do want to make sure that your vitamins and minerals um, are high, that you better your egg quality, that you better your chances for um, implantation, that you help development of, of the fetus from the start. Doing all of that ahead, ideally a year ahead is perfect, but three months in advance minimum would be the recommendation. Um, and that's what you started doing, right? So the first thing, adding magnesium before bed is super important, reducing overall stress levels. So more boundaries, more exercise, um, you know, more meditation, whatever works for you going into nature, um, minimizing alcohol and caffeine intake, even pre-pregnancy. It doesn't mean that you have to completely cut it out, but it's great to already cut it down. Replacing coffee for matcha is great because it does boost your fertility, has more antioxidants. So that'd be great as well. Or if you want to have a second cup of coffee, have a matcha instead. Um, adding maca in your daily smoothie is great for both male and female. Um, eliminating toxin exposures. So replacing all the skincare products, home cleaning products, cooking products, your pants, your um, plastic containers, all of those things. And of course, you don't need to do everything from zero to 100, but you can start to slowly swap things. Adding an air purifier, not just in your living room, but also in your bedroom, places where you're spending a lot of time. Um, and focusing on whole foods, also tracking your cycle. Even if you're not trying to conceive and you don't want to track your ovulation yet, you can track your cycle to see your patterns and see how um, long of a cycle you have and all of that. And finally, also a daily multivitamin, because even before pregnancy, as we mentioned, we want to make sure that our levels of vitamins and minerals that are important to support the implantation and pregnancy um, are already high, as well as we want to make sure that our egg quality is as good as we can get, which starts three months before even conception. So that's why we want to prep ahead to make sure that all our levels are high and that we get the best egg quality um, and best health as well. I feel like one of the things that I took away and really started implementing every day was taking your multivitamin. And I mm -hmm. do have results to prove that, you know, it did help with my AMH levels, which is crazy. Um, and and that's mm -hmm. sort of opened up a, a new conversation on what treatment I am able to do. But yeah, you you came up with a multivitamin that was not only good for moms, but just anyone who wants to boost their their fertility, but through pregnancy and postpartum, like it's all in one. Um, and it's also something that's super easy to take because it's just a spoonful. It's liquid form. And you, you've told me like it's it's something that actually absorbs into your body and not all multivitamins do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So the biggest struggle with multivitamins um, and when we are about to get pregnant and through pregnancy and postpartum, we need a multivitamin more than ever, right? Like we need that extra support for our bodies. We are going through um, growing a baby from cells and we are breastfeeding and we are going through a lot of changes in our body and our immunity struggles a lot. So um, the biggest thing is that a majority of the multivitamins in the market 
don't absorb. They only absorb from 5 to 10%. That means that from 95 to 90% of the nutrients that they have, you're actually peeing them out. So they don't work. Like you are, you're only getting a 5 to 10% of the nutrients, right? And that's why I created this, um, which has an exclusive NutriStack technology um, that makes the multivitamin be absorbed by 95% because it delivers the nutrients straight to the bloodstreams and cells. So it actually is effective, um, which mm. means that, you know, you get all the nutrients and it works. You feel it. It actually works, right? Yeah. And and you have stuff in there that helps with like energy levels and focus mm-hmm. because you are a mom yourself and you understand the needs and sort of like what's missing out there. Mm-hmm. It has everything you need, vitamin D, C, zinc, chlorine. So yes, you have to eat better through pregnancy and postpartum to make sure that your body gets all the nutrients. But the reality is that a lot of the times we can't eat perfectly. So having a multivitamin that has everything that your body needs to support a healthy pregnancy and baby's development is really important, especially obviously through this stage in life. So this one has it all. Um, It also has folate, which is the natural version of folic acid, which is the synthetic man-made version, which a lot of multivitamins have. So everything is 100% natural. and it has no fillers, no additives, no colors. It's sugar-free, uh, free of any junk, and uh, third-party tested for heavy metals too. So, all good stuff. I feel like also when you told me that you were creating a multivitamin for moms, I was, I was like, I couldn't think of a better person to do this. So, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I, I love it. I take it every day. It tastes good, and something that I could be consistent with. So, yeah, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud of you for taking it because you're so bad with your multivitamin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that you take it and it's am, a lot. but I'm getting better. Okay. Yeah, you're good now. That's good. It's so so good. I am good now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I was honestly super surprised by this whole process of like, you can't just get pregnant any day of the month. You literally have a small window of time to conceive, to conceive. Uh, and obviously the sperm stays alive for a couple of days, but it's got to be around that time frame. And then if someone has low sperm count or anything like that, you really want to time it perfectly. And that's sort of what you see in the movies, like, oh, it's go time, you know, and everyone, and then you rush to the bedroom and you do the deed. But I didn't realize the chances of pregnancy were so low and that that window was so small. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So when we had our our doula consultation, I I taught you this because it's something that we really need to be more aware of. And is that even in a fertile, under thirty five year old couple, the chances of conceiving every month are fifteen to twenty five percent. Right. So if you already have challenges like the low and slow sperm, of course your chances are even lower every month. Right. So you definitely want to make sure you get you have that. Mm-hmm. perfect tracking of the ovulation so that you know exactly when, especially you, Remy, with a low and slow sperm, you do want to make sure that you don't do it every day of the fertile window, for example, like other people with higher sperm count can do it every single day. So we wanted to make sure that it was during those 12 hours, 24 hours um, of the ovulation period. And um, I thought you how with home strips, which is super easy. 
And yeah, you you did it for a few months as well. Uh, well, actually, so you told me about the home strips. I ordered them right away. You could get them on Amazon. And you just basically pee in a cup and you dip the ovulation strip in there. You lay it flat and it will it will the line will darken as you get closer to that window. Um, and after you told me, I did it for one month. I did it that first month. And I was actually, my fertile window was actually right before leaving to Europe. So I was getting on a plane, but we did it and we made it work. Uh, and obviously I, it didn't happen for me, but that was the first time I actually tried. You I know? know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, because you had this, you had been told already that you needed IVF and you did it for years, but you didn't really try, try because you were never tracking. So imagine if you're not tracking mm-hmm. and you already have this like lower chance, it's really hard for it to happen. But I think because you already had that in mind that doctors told you that it was so slow and so low that you could never get pregnant if it wasn't for IVF. I think that you already were like, you know, I'm just going to do IVF, right? You didn't want to try for longer because you were already 35. Right. So if two people were healthy, their fertility levels are perfect. They only got a 15 and 25% chance monthly. So if they're tracking their ovulation and hitting that every month, it would take about what, like six months? Six months for like a couple that's younger than 35 mm-hmm. and a little six to 12 months for a couple that's over 35, especially for the female, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're both perfectly healthy and fertile, right? Like uh, their reproductive health is healthy. They don't have any challenges. Under 35, usually six months uh, after 35, over six months from six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. So they advise that if you've been trying for six to 12 months and you are under 35, you should go get your fertility checked, both male and female. And if you've been trying for six months over 35 and it hasn't happened, you should go get your fertility checked just because we don't want to waste more time, right? So, um, but I always say that why not go check it sooner? Like, I feel like what you did was great. You know, if you're a couple that's not like in your 20s, if you're in your 30s and you know that you want to have kids, why not get it checked both, again, for the male and the female? Because 50% of the time it's male issues, 50% of the time it's female. Sometimes it's both, obviously. So why not get it checked? Know that you are great and then start trying, right? Like, I I see the approach as a preventative approach better. Um, if you know that you have challenges, maybe you need more help. Maybe you need to prep your body even more. Maybe it's your hormones that are imbalanced and you just need to focus on helping those first. So instead of just like trying, if you really want to try soon, why not, not get checked first and then see what you need to fix and then, you know, prepare your body also with all the things and and your mind and then start like you know give yourself a few months of trying but why not check first right also the test itself is super simple and you can even get your gynecologist to to give you with this test you don't have to go to a fertility specialist just yet as well yes. and just literally ask for a fertility check which is just simply a blood test and checking your amh levels uh and, <laughs> and it'll give you a number and it'll tell you like the quality and the and the health of your follicles your ovaries and maybe it'll include an ultrasound maybe not but that number that from the blood test will be enough to tell you about you as a female your levels of fertility 
that's it. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, especially if you're in your 30s, even if you don't want to start trying soon, even if you want to try in years like you did, right? It's always good to check and have that peace of mind, even if it's just like, oh, you're good. You're both good. You're both fertile. Perfect. Totally. But no, but seriously, though, it was the combination of that and just like, Obviously, I do exercise. I implemented meditation really heavily this year. And moving to Austin, the stress levels came down. So I feel like all of it together after our body prep conversation, like when I tested my AMH levels, fertility levels at this new clinic in Austin, it had actually improved for real. Yeah. So that made me feel good because after 35, like you're, you're on the downhill and for me, it, it, it actually improved. Uh, and, and this is sort of where I want to get into what happened, which is kind of a miracle, mm-hmm. is we bought all the IVF drugs with this clinic because we are 100% going through with it. That is our option. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, they wanted to do the test. Like I just said, my image labels, they did that test. And they also did Nate's semen test again because they were basing off their uh, Nate's old records. Right. So they just did it again. And then we already bought the drugs. We already knew, right? So we had everything set up, our flow chart all set up to start the stimulation, and the shots and all of that to do an egg retrieval thousands of dollars worth of medication sitting in my house, ready to go. And then I get a message in the portal saying my fertility doctor will not be able to perform the implantation because she's on a medical leave. Like something happened and she she couldn't be there. So you are given an option to wait for her to come back or have a medical assistant implant for you. Of course, like I've already waited this long. So I'm I'm going to wait another month to get the, you know, the doctor in again. So while we were waiting, though, this is the crazy part. We got the results back from Nate's semen test and his levels were in the normal range for an IUI. Wow. So, yeah, that it was huge because not only now is IUI an option that just was never an option before had completely open up to us. But like, what are the, what, what happened? Like, how did that happen? I really do believe it's, it's from the stress levels of moving here. Yeah. Stress plays a huge role, both on male and female. Huge. And also like toxic exposures, because you were living in the middle of LA and all of a sudden you're living in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, your toxic exposures are also reduced, the pollution and, you know, all of the things, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously plays a huge role too. Exactly. So we like we were like jumping up and down like this is awesome. So so now we're given that option. Do you want to go forward with IUI or do you want to do IVF? But it was like, this seems like a sign, you know, like if if I'm given these this number and all of a sudden this option's open, like I'm not going to pass that up. So yeah, we decided to to go forward with that. So our first medical treatment is, is and hopefully our last would be our IUI. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but we want to try it. Yeah. And also your doctor's not there. So, you know, why not yeah. just move forward with IUI? And mm-hmm. if you ever need... IVF, then she's going to be back and you can work with her, right? Exactly. Like, I I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I didn't give this a chance when the opportunity is right in front of me. For sure. No, I agree. It lined up perfectly. So, yeah. 
you have to try it. Yeah. So that's next week. Yep. So we'll do, we'll do IUI and we'll get into what the difference between IUI and IVF is in the next episode. Let's do that because uh, we haven't really done that. But for now, what I'm basically able to do is something that's less invasive Mm -hmm. and just be able to um, put the sperm closer to the egg. Yeah. To help them get to the right place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because if if he has low motility, it doesn't reach there, right? Where it needs to go. So hopefully then this will just be the assistance that needed to get there. Yeah. And with IUI, they're also tracking your ovulation. So you don't have to do it at home on your own. And you know that they're optimizing your body for it. So it definitely boosts your chances. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's where we're at. Yeah. So super exciting. Next week is going to be Remy's IUI appointment and she can share the experience of the whole process in the next episode yep i can't wait i'm i'm nervous but i'm excited and we are so grateful you guys are here thank you so much for listening again and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode i'll see you next time bye bye